Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Welcome to a different corner of my room. That's right. I'm usually over there, but today I'm over here because I'm going to be doing watch party from home tonight. Last week, that Thursday night game uh, almost killed me, man. I, I got home like around 4 a.m. because of the subways here in New York uh, are so slow at night, overnight. And like an Uber from the studio is like $75 to my place. So yeah, no, I'll be, uh, I'll be chilling here in my room. And look, you look, you get old Lambo. Look at that little old Lambo for you. Nothing wrong with that. Getting ready for this game tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Big Monday night showdown between the Raiders and the Packers. And I say big only because it's on national television, I think, in the firmament of the NFL universe. It's really not a big game. But big for the Packers, big for their season, big to head into the bye week, hopefully with a winning record at 3-2 and two after this contest. Made a little bit more difficult with the news that Aaron Jones will indeed be inactive tonight. Uh, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, reported earlier this afternoon that it was unlikely that he would play. Since then, he has confirmed that with his reporting that Aaron Jones will indeed be inactive. So, A.J. Dillon, come on down, along with, yes, Emmanuel Wilson and Patrick Taylor, who has indeed been signed to the 53-man roster after his three elevations had been used up. If they wanted to utilize him again, they had to sign him to the 53, which they did. Uh, So... Some version, some combination of A.J. Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson, and Patrick Taylor will attack a very, very suspect run defense for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if I know you've probably heard it all week, but I'm going to reiterate it right here. If the Packers can't get things going on the ground tonight, they're never going to get it going, ever. I mean, Aaron Jones or no, this is a team. This is a defense in the Raiders the Packers should be able to at least be somewhat productive. I'm not saying they're going to have a multiple backs with 60, 50, 70 yards. I don't even think they're going to average like more than three or four yards per carry. Hell, four yards per carry would be a major win. But they should be able to be productive. They should be able to be at least efficient in the run game to help the offense stay ahead of the sticks. That's the whole idea here. That's what we're all hoping for. Uh, the Packers are averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which is 29th in the NFL. You look at the Raiders, they're averaging three yards per carry. That's dead last. So these are two really, really tough to watch running games. And as we've talked about all year, uh, the Packers have not been great up front. And Elton Jenkins should be making his return to the lineup tonight. We'll get official word on that in a few hours when we get the list of inactives. But hopefully... That uh, will portend better production in the run game. Uh, also, uh, fun fact, because as I said uh, earlier about the Raiders being terrible when it comes to stopping the run, so are the Packers. Both the Packers and the Raiders are in the bottom 10 in the league when it comes to rushing yards allowed per game. Should be a fun one tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Raiders are giving up over 25 points per game this season. So again, this should be a bit of a get-right game. Nothing in the NFL is a given. Nothing is easy, quote-unquote. Although we like to say that on the outside looking in, it's always tough. Those are NFL players are going against. Even if that defense has not been great and is suspect and does give up points, this is a game where the Packers should be able to move the ball, but it's never easy. Absolutely never, never easy. Um, one thing to remember, opposing quarterbacks 
have a 108.2 passer rating when facing the Raiders this season. And the Las Vegas secondary could be down multiple players due to injury. Uh, if there's a moment for Jordan Love to shine on a national stage, kind of unlike he did last Thursday night against the Lions, this should be a moment where, especially with what should be a much more healthy offensive line in front of him, this should be a moment for Jordan Love to shine. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns or anything like that, though that would be nice. But it should be a, a, a bit better than we've seen the last couple weeks coming out of the gate. And that's the other thing. The, the Packers have to start better tonight. They have to start better on offense. they got to look more efficient, hopefully run the ball before it's like 24-3. to 3. But, yes, this is a game where you got to get off the bus. you got to show up. you got to be there at kickoff, not at halftime. And, look, if they don't, if they, for a third game in a row, don't show up on offense, can't, get up, can't pick up a first down in any other capacity other than penalty, all of these things, then, yeah, there's probably going to be some chirping around Matt LaFleur's name. And, as well, there should be. There's no excuse for that three weeks in a row. They have to come out. I'm not even saying they got to come out all cylinders, guns a-blazing, got to put up 30 points in the first half. Nothing like that. But they got to be efficient, and they have to produce. There's no excuse on offense, especially if, as is expected, Christian Watson is able to play. You've got your healthy offensive line, healthy-ish. You know, everyone in the NFL is banged up. But against this defense, got to come out. Got to come out and show what's up. Uh, before I get going, hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. I want to give a shout-out to our good friends over at Firecracker Farm. Ladies and gentlemen, spice up your game with Firecracker Farm's amazing hot salt. Everything is better with hot salt. What is it? It's sea salt infused with ghost, reaper, and scorpion pepper. It's great for grilling, dips, and cocktails, you name it. Now, who makes it? It's a family brand made by hand in small batches, not in a factory. The guy who makes it is cool and a friend of Cheesehead TV. He, his wife, and kids grow the peppers on their farm and make the hot salt right there. And right now, Firecracker Farm is offering a 20% discount for Cheesehead TV viewers and listeners for a limited time on your first order. So go ahead. Go to firecracker.farm now, place your order, and get ready to spice up your game. Don't forget to use CHTV at checkout for 20% off. That's firecracker.farm, promo code CHTV for 20% off. I know you guys, all of you, each and every one of you in the comment section, y'all need some hot salt in your life. Firecracker.farm people, do it. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everyone mixing it up. Soda's here. Of course, Soda's here. Janice, thanks for the super chat right out of the gate here. Love your content and all the Cheesehead TV stuff. It's a lot of stuff, isn't it? I love seeing all Packers fans here in Las Vegas. Hope I see some new schemes slash players after this break. Would be greatly disappointed if it's the same old, same old. I mean, I don't think you're going to see too many new players. I don't think they're going to have some shopping spree and free agency or anything like that. But new schemes? Janice, I'm down with new schemes. I'm down for another approach. I'm down for some wrinkles. Let's go. Let's see it tonight under the lights in Vegas. I'm down with that. Soder, thank you for being a Care of the G Club member and a Patreon member. You're a legend. Just want the D to play fast, arrive angry, and plant the damn ball carrier. Understood that I will get none of that. <laughs> Soder, as long as you start out depressed, everything's a pleasant surprise. I feel you, man. I know. I just want the defense to play sound football. Is that so much to ask? I don't want to see breakdowns. I don't want to see guys getting dragged for five yards after contact. I want a defense that rallies to the ball, 11 hats, flying to the football, getting guys on the ground, executing at a high level, 
consistently. Yes, the other team gets paid, and they're going to make some plays. I understand that, especially when Devontae Adams is involved. But I hear you, man. I hear you. We've gotten precious little of that so far this year. Abdul, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. Hey, Aaron, do you believe Bacchiari that he wants to remain a Packer? Is he under contract? Rodgers said that, too, and look what happened. Well, he is under contract. That's just a fact. Um, as far as whether I believe him or not, yeah, I believe him sitting here right now. In October, a lot can change. A whole lot of uh, feelings and circumstances and the idea of getting closer to what could be free agency for him if the Packers decide to move on. We'll see how he feels in the spring. Things could be very different then. Uh, you know, the prospect of possibly joining Aaron Rodgers in New, in New York with the Jets, that's a possibility if he gets cut, no doubt about it. So we're a long way away. But right now I have no reason to question his words or his motives or what he's saying and, and look I, like i said i mean it's october so much could change between now and then when it's time to make those decisions dustin thanks for super chat man run game should be a lot of sweeps with reed i don't know about a, a lot of sweeps with reed but i like the idea of getting the ball in reed's hands whether it is out of the backfield on a traditional sweep whether it's in the touch pass arena like we saw in atlanta on that touchdown i think getting the ball in reed's hands in general is a very good idea. I like your heads out there. Jonathan, thanks for Super Chat. Can they bring back Hollins on the practice squad? Yes, Hollins was cut, the outside linebacker. Can they? Yes. Will they? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, it's not like he was offering a whole lot in those first four games. I mean, every time he was out there, he was pretty much washed out against the run and produced precious little when it came to rushing the quarterback. So... I would much rather see Brenton Cox get those opportunities, and I think we might start to see that starting after the bye week. But can to answer the question, Jonathan, can they bring Hollins back on the practice squad? Yes, if he clears waivers, which I suspect he probably will. Alex, thanks for Super Chat. Do they even try to run the ball tonight? LOL. Also, I would start Taylor. Ooh, controversy. I mean, I like the idea of utilizing Taylor if they're going to spread it out and go like up-tempo, like that two-minute drill stuff that we saw against the Saints in the second half. If that's the way they want to go and attack the Raiders, then hell yes. But if they want to run the ball, traditional sets, I think they need to get A.J. going, and I think they will. And look, no one, and it's funny, I just texted with someone about this, no one realizes that A.J. played pretty well last week. But you don't remember that because the Lions were up like 24-3 to in the blink of an eye. That's not A.J.'s fault. You know, I think, you give AJ a number of touches against this Raiders defense, and he's going to produce. That's what I'm saying right now at 5:12 Eastern. Check back at like 9:30. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let me see. Mimsy, thanks for the super chat, man. Guaranteed dub as Hudson can finally drink. Carry the G. There you go, Mimsy. That's right. Carry the G is available in Hudson and various other locales across the western part of Wisconsin. Cannot thank you guys enough for your patience. Unfortunately, we don't have a list yet on CheeseheadTV.com. If you go to the beer tab, you'll see uh, we have a, a, a basically a spreadsheet, four different areas of Wisconsin where it's available. We don't have the western part kind of locked in yet. We don't haven't got the list from the distributor. But as soon as we do, we will let you know which stores are carrying it in Hudson, Spooner, and what have you. But until then, yeah, check out your local grocery stores for Carry the G. And speaking of which, let's hear a word from our sponsor. You may not play for your favorite team, but you act like it. 
through every snap and every score. Whether you're at work or in the grocery store, you're carrying them with you. No, not with a jersey, but with a mindset so that you're always ready. Ready so that not just on game day, but on any day, you can crack open that ice cold beer. A beer made by fans for fans. Cheesehead TV and Gathering Place Brewing bring you Carry the G, a delicious and easy drinking cream ale, not just for tailgating, but for everyday life. Now available throughout Wisconsin, so that wherever you go, you can carry the G. Oh, yeah, that is correct. Dustin, thank you for the super chat, man. Defense will be better if the offense did their job. That's the most beautiful super chat I've ever received. Yes, yes, complimentary football. Look, no one's going to mistake the Green Bay Packers 2023 defense for the 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears anytime soon. However, they will look exponentially better if the offense can pick up a first down prior to the two-minute warning in the first half. Of that, I guarantee. Excellent. Excellent observation, Dustin. Brother Love, thanks for the Super Chat, man. Will we see a Dylan TD tonight? Hashtag yes, please. Brother Love, I believe we will, and I'll tell you why. Because I put him in the flex position in my fantasy lineup, which uh, is a game I'm going to win regardless. But I put it in there. I put AJ in there after the news that Aaron Jones is going to be out and my opponent has Aaron Jones. I put AJ Dillon in the lineup just to rub it in my opponent's face. So, yes, yes, sir, AJ Dillon hits Bader tonight. Let's go. Let's do it. Abdul, thanks for Super Chat. Do you see Jonathan Ford playing in hope of helping the run defense? Why is Hollins playing over LVN? Or why, I, I believe you mean, why was Hollins playing? Um, well, you know, LVN is a rookie. They always bring him along slowly. Did the same thing with Gary. That's how it rolls in Green Bay, man. Not always agreed with it, but that is their philosophy. Uh, as far as Jonathan Ford, I doubt it. But we'll see. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Nick, thanks for the super chat, man. Chances Matt LaFleur calls balanced game. He thinks too much. Ooh. Nick with the he thinks too much burn. Uh, a balanced game. I mean, what's a balanced game? Yeah, I mean, I don't need it to be 50-50, but, you know, 35-40% run, I'd like that. I think that would be good, but they got to produce. They got to be efficient. They got to be... At least, you know, picking up positive yardage rather than slamming into the wall and picking up a yard or no yards or negative yardage. Because once that happens, it happens once or twice, you know how, like, Matt does tend to get away from it. So, we'll see. Uh, But, yeah, I think he calls a balanced game as long as they're at least, you know, staying ahead of the sticks a little bit. Keeping them in the mix, so to speak, as far as what's available on the play sheet rather than constantly being on get back on track situations, which is where they've been the last two weeks in the first half. So we'll see. Ryan, thanks for the super chat. Do you think Matt LaFleur's loyalty to Barry is thinning, especially with the Rundy? I don't think his loyalty to Barry is thinning, but I do think that they've reached a tipping point uh, situationally where Matt is finally, and this is only going off of his, you know, public kind of statements now, the last couple pressers, when he's talked about the need to do something different when it's very obvious that the opponent needs to run the, or wants to run the football, i.e. when they're ahead in the second half and they're trying to run clock, Barry is still very much playing too high shell and keeping everyone kind of behind and, and making sure everything happens in front of the defense rather than 
committing some numbers and trying to dictate and trying to, you know, ensure that that run game is not going to be successful. I do think we've reached a tipping point in that regard. I don't know if we see much of a change tonight because I don't expect, now I knock on fucking wood here, but I don't expect the Packers to be down multiple scores in the second half against the Raiders. From my lips to the football God's ears, I know if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I apologize, but I don't expect that tonight. So I don't know if we see much materially different in their approach this evening. But I do think that's a conversation that's been had inside the walls of 1265. I think Matt's seen enough of that. Now, does that manifest itself on the field in any way, shape, or form? We'll see. We've heard from Matt about various aspects of his team throughout the years that need to be changed and need to get cleaned up and hasn't always happened. So I'm not holding my breath, but I'm excited to see if there are any differences. Justin, thanks for the super chat. Also, if we used AJ correctly, that would help. You know I'm with you on this one, man. You know I'm with you. Nick, thanks for the super chat. Here's to hoping no pre-snap penalties on offense. Well, here's the thing, Nick. Yeah, hopefully. The problem is the Packers had several last week in Lambeau. Now, the good thing is you can expect a ton of Packers fans in Vegas tonight. I'll bet both teams have to use a silent count. That doesn't lend itself to a clean game in that regard, but hopefully fewer than we saw last week because last week was ridiculous, man. I agree with with you there. John, thanks for Super Chat. AJ over under 10.5 touches. I hope way over run the ball. Ooh, way over feels like, uh, yeah, I'm not putting any money on that one. But 10.5 touches? Like you're talking in the run and pass game? I'll say just under, most likely. Yeah, we'll find out. Phil, thanks for Super Chat. The D seem to blitz a ton in week one. Why not more? Well, it helps when you've, uh, you know, got them in obvious passing situations and you can be a little bit more creative. It's harder when teams are, A, keeping it close, and B, living ahead of the sticks. If it's constantly second and third or third and one, it's really hard as a defensive play caller to blitz a ton because that's often when things break wide open and big gains happen and they gash you and what have you. Or they take a slant to the house, you know, whatever. I think – the, the game script, more than anything else, lent itself to what we saw in week one. Um, hopefully, see a little bit more of it tonight. Abdul, thanks again, man. I tried looking this up, but last penalty data was from 2021. Watching the games this year feels like every four to five plays there's a flag. It's awful to watch. What spurred this to happen? Are you talking about the NFL in general, Abdul? Or are you talking about Packers games? Because I got two answers here. Because if you're talking about Packers games, it sure feels like the Packers are committing way more penalties this year than any other season under Matt LaFleur. I don't have the exact data for it, uh, but it does feel like that. Now, one of my kind of things I do every bye week is look at these trends, right? And so we'll we'll get a better handle on that numbers-wise coming up here next week. But if you're talking about the NFL, man, yeah, these games are hard to watch sometimes. Uh, It's just... It kills me how these refs seem to think they're the show. And I understand a penalty is a penalty, but you've got to understand the context of what, like, if you're calling this off-ball thing 30 yards away from where the action has happened, why? No one's here to watch you throw that flag and explain it to the 
assembled audience and or watching public, viewing public on a broadcast about how, oh, you know this wide receiver and and defensive back? Something happened over there totally like 50 yards away from where the action was happening. But it's a flag, so uh, I get some FaceTime. Like, that's the shit the NFL has to kill. Like, it's killing these games. I don't know if you saw the Jacksonville-Buffalo game on Sunday morning. I mean, there was a lot of nice football being played in between all the flags being thrown. I hear you, man. I hear you. That was uh, – it's been rough. Ed, thanks for the Super Chat. Am I wrong in thinking that Kansas City's D reminded me of ours in the fourth quarter yesterday? A little bit. A little bit. Keep it all in front of you, man. Keep it all in front of you. Janice, thanks again. Saw a stat. Our record's like 34-8 and eight when Jones touches more than 15 times. I know he's not playing tonight, but why wouldn't you do that every game when healthy? Excellent question, Janice. You're going to get Soder all worked up. Man, Soder is in happy hour every week citing Aaron Jones stats or on watch party in the chat. So, yeah, any game Aaron Jones is playing, just look out for Soder. He'll get you. But, yeah, why they don't? Man, because they're smarter than all of us. Now, look, they have forgotten more about football than we as a collective will ever know. But sometimes I think that does lead to paralysis because of analysis, right? Like they're looking at ways to take advantage of the opponent and try to find new ways that they haven't done before so the defensive coordinator can't suss it out and like can't try and negate it right out of the gate. And this is their game plan. It's like all super secret and blah, blah, blah. Man, just get Aaron Jones the ball. It ain't tough. And look, I already know someone somewhere, oh, they're in this chat, listening on the podcast later, or watching a replay on YouTube, is saying, well, yeah, but they tried to get Aaron Jones the ball, and he got hurt. Yeah, okay, fine. So you have to limit his touches? Totally agree. I've never said otherwise. I will say, if you're going to give him 5 to 8 to 12 touches maximum, get them to him when the game is in balance, when it matters. Not in the second half, and certainly not when it's 24-3, to three, like we saw last week. Aaron Jones didn't touch the ball last week until it's 24-3. Sorry, that's malpractice. Brother Love, what's up, man? If he plays Jair on Adams' matchup, thoughts? I think we'll see a bit of it. You guys know. It's never one-on-one, man-to-man, like essentially like a you know mano-a-mano thing. They'll probably, I do think, we will see the approach they took against Justin Jefferson in Lambeau last year. Hopefully not. What we saw in week one. But yes, again in Lambeau last year against Jefferson, they played a little bit more, man. It wasn't, I'm not saying, they, it certainly wasn't like exponentially more. But they did travel Jair quite a bit more than usual. And they did give him a ton of safety help. There was a lot of two-man uh almost always making sure that there was a guy over the top. And I think we'll see that. I think we'll see Jair travel. And I've seen people, a couple of people have been in my mentions, and I don't think this is a terrible thought. Well, Davante is going to get his anyway. Do that same thing, but with Rasul, and have Jair lock up on Renfro or whoever their two is, right? That's the way Belichick used to roll with Revis. I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I do think, judging from what we've heard from Jair this week and some rumblings within the building, Jair wants this, and you always want your lead dog to be like, no, I want their best guy, and that is Devontae, and these guys have history in practice together. I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers when they were going at it in training camp back in the day, but it was always really fun to watch. 
So I'm hoping we get a little bit of that. It's never going to be, like I said, it's never going to be a true one-on-one, but um, we'll see what the approach is. But I suspect that's how they'll roll, kind of like they did against Jefferson last year. Uh, Matt, thanks for Super Chat. These are Matt LaFleur's true learning years, growing pains. Yes and no. I mean, I get what you're saying, but, man, he's been a head coach now for three years, four years. Like, no. Like, some of it, yes, I understand. This is a very young team, and he's got to learn what they do well, where they need pushing, pulling, prodding, pulling back, etc. I get all that. But this ain't on-the-job training, man. It's the NFL. It's a production business. You come out the gate like you did the last two weeks, then there's going to be discussions. Man, I, I... Learning years? Man, his learning years were with Aaron Rodgers. And talk about a great situation to walk into. Your learning years were with one of the all-time greats. And now, yes, you have a monster task in front of you, bringing Jordan Love along, all of these youngsters, trying to make sure that they're all developing together. It's no easy task. I'm not saying it is. But he's not learning how to be a head coach. He knows how to be a head coach. Or he should after all this time. I mean, I think Matt's done a good job in that regard, but let's let's not, like, give him a pass here. And I don't think I'm saying anything that he wouldn't say himself, you know? <laughs> to quote Matt at the beginning of the season when he's talking about injuries, nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he's got a young squad. And I do think the Packers internally, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, et cetera, they all understand what the assignment is here for Matt, and I think they do. I had someone in my mentions this afternoon, like, if they lose this game, is Matt on the hot seat? No! Because the Packers don't think that way. They know this is a very the youngest team in the NFL, right, with a first-year starter at quarterback. All of this will be processed throughout the season as far as trying to build a foundation for another kind of hopeful, hopefully, stretch of success. And Matt's job will be judged according to that, not to like, oh, well, you know, they lost a couple games and it was a bit embarrassing for the first half and blah, 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 and we should fire him. Like, this ain't Jim Irsay, man. This is the Green Bay Packers. It's just different. It's just different. Most hated Minnesotan. What's up, man? Vikes lost. Another great week here in enemy camps. I will say, those were great, great days when I lived in Chicago and the Bears lost and the Packers won. Oh, baby, I'd roll out with my Packers gear all week long. So good, man. For your sake, hope the Packers pull it out tonight so you can be, like, just be obnoxious. All week long. So good to see you, man. I haven't seen you on happy hour in a while. What's going on? You're ducking us. I don't like it. Next happy hour is tomorrow night. I better see you there. Soder, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. I'm a moron on my couch in Florida, and I understand Jones. I understand Jones needs to get the ball. With him out of the game, time to spin it. Love's hand bleeds. Oh, my. Such, such imagery, Soder. I mean, I don't know about all that, but they have been chucking it. And as some fool on a watch party once said, they've been chucking it for Jesus with love at quarterback. I wish they'd make the assignment a little easier at times. Maybe get him outside the pocket, give him some boot action. But, uh, yeah, they're going to chuck it. Matt's made that abundantly clear. So we'll see. We'll see tonight. All right, everybody, i got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I'll see you guys tonight on the watch party. In the meantime, go Pack Go.